KRVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting marketing day, and I love this statement. Today's trade was a market gift. We're going to talk more about what that really means. We've got, of course, seen some high-volume trade. We've got uh, weather that's a key issue. We also look at the fact that Black Sea, how much of that did it take a back seat? Are we over it? And we're moving on. Not to mention the fact that we saw some higher numbers on the livestock side as well. Well, we're going to talk about why this trade is a market gift today with Darren Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures, and I think you said it best. It is it is a gift today for our for our growers. Yes, a- absolutely. These are these are all really you know. If you look at last Wednesday or last week when we made that low, following that was report that was obviously pretty pretty negative in in general with the higher than expected yield and you know the big carryout numbers and you know there's could be a lot of bearish stuff in the market and, and you know one of the things i think it, that i focus on quite a bit probably more so than others is just simple money flow and even though these fundamentals are really bearish there's still a lot of things that have to pan out for this crop the crop is not in the bin and the crop is not made and when we look at the 10-day forecast here it is going to get warmer than it normally has been but you know if we can get these overnight temps like they've been and finish this crop out good. I think there's a lot of potential, but that's not what the market was focused on here. I think you look at the market and say, well, you know what? Iowa, I-80, north of I-80, into Minnesota, and even in North Dakota, we're getting dry. And we haven't had a little bit of rain here in a while. And we're going to get to that mid-90s next week. That's a concern here. But where when we got further in today's trade, it felt like there was a lot of nervousness starting to build, starting to build. And you started taking out the 20 day, you started taking out the 50. And then people really just started short covering. Now, granted, I do I think they're coming in here and really buying this hand over fist? Absolutely not. There's always has to be a buyer to sell. But what I think that's happening is they're just simply getting out of more short covering type positions. Uh, and they may, they may reload on these. But at the moment here, this has been a nice 60 cent push from last week's lows here in a market that is still very fundamentally bearish. Now, if we look at the FOB export prices, we have got a lot more competitive with Brazil. Now, is today's number, today's price action, will it negate some of that competitiveness? For sure, it's going to. But we got to have a good August for beans as well, because if beans coming into this with the reduced acres, with the still pretty high yield expectations of 52, not saying we can't get there, but that's a pretty big number if, if you don't get the rains here. And we already have a tight balance sheet. So if beans can continue to push its way forward on our on backing of really strong uh, buying of veggie oil products from the Chinese, I think it could push corn even higher here. But I think today was more or less a short covering, a short squeeze type of play on corn, but, but presented tremendous opportunity for the producer here. So, you know, we've been getting, and I think we're pretty lucky, been getting some beneficial rains that we did didn't see earlier in this growing season, but hitting now as we we see tasseling and we get closer to August and, and what's going to be that pod filling stage. But you look at per, per areas like um, southern Minnesota, northern Iowa, there's some big concerns that they might not have the crop they were hoping for. I think you're spot on there, Susan, because it, my concern is now it has shifted from, let's say, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana. It has now shifted to northern Iowa southern minnesota because if you look at minnesota i mean 
we, we always try to focus Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, those I states, but we forget that how big a producer and the big impact that Minnesota has on our corn, Minnesota has on our beans, and that lower lower third of Minnesota produces a bulk of the 70, 80% of, the, of that state's production. And it's a little bit wishwashy right now. I get Snapchats and messages and, and DMs that, hey, you know, this looks really good, but then the next one's like, uh, it doesn't look so good. So it, there's a lot of inconsistency, I think is the right word to use in Minnesota at the moment. And as you can go up north towards Grand Forks, even in the Fargo area, it, in the North Dakota, it, it's, those, it looks good right now. But we they haven't really stressed this crop during the pollination, during grain field, during pod setting. We haven't done that. And, and so next week's going to be a huge determining factor. Has these recent rains, have they done enough to carry the crop? Now, I can say from my travels in Nebraska, if you have been getting rain and if you avoided the wind, you've avoided the hail, there is a lot of potential out there. Now, we got to finish the crops. I was out east of Lincoln yesterday. I can tell you this stuff in in Cass County, south of Omaha, uh, towards Nebraska City, Auburn area, looks like a garden. It has to finish. That's the thing. Is last year, a lot of these areas looked pretty good about this time of year, and then the water shut off, the heat cranked up, and it fell flat on its face. Do we see that again? I Hopefully not. Let's knock on wood. So what we're seeing here is a short coming rally backed on what is potentially what's being forecasted is a warmer, drier uh, August. So obviously we'll have to see how this pans out. But after 14 days, I just want to make note that the percentage pop probability of those actually panning out drops off. So we got to see some consistency in the models. So far, the models have been pretty consistent with the Euro and the GFS showing a lack of rain for Iowa. So is December corn potentially overbought? Uh, near term, it is. No, there's no question about it. near term. It is definitely overbought. You're getting you're getting more than a 20 cent move away from the five day moving average. And when you see that type, you're definitely overextended. This market at this very moment is definitely due for a correction. Uh, that doesn't mean we can't move higher in, in the days, weeks ahead. But near term, the next day or so, we're definitely due for a correction. We'll have to obviously have to watch some key levels that we had took taken out here on the close. 521 being the 20-day moving average. We got to close above the 50-day EMA as well, 533. So the next level's up here. You're looking towards that 550, 560 if this momentum can continue and carry it higher. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We come back. We'll talk about what's going on in the Black Sea region. How much of that's going to be factored in? Have we already pushed that to the back burner? A definite turnaround in the live cattle as well with some higher numbers while we saw the feeders of the lean hogs kind of push to the lower side. We'll get more details on the market as the Fontenelle Final Bell continues on the rural radio. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced channel seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, is with Lakefront Futures. So as we all knew yesterday morning at the break of dawn, word broke that this whole thing with the Black Sea region and the grain deal um, was not going to be renewed. Russia says they've got some demands, I guess. Darren, would that be the right word to use that they would like to see met? But as the market kind of looked at it over the last day and a half and gone, okay, fine, we've seen this before. We're just going to move forward. Yeah, and I, I think that's an excellent point. I mean, we, I mean, if we're going to have peace, let's let's put it bluntly, it, we we need all sides to have concessions made. And Russia feels some of their concessions aren't being made, um, and so we need to come back to the table and and discuss that as adults. But today's move, I don't think, was necessarily about the Black Sea. Uh, the reason I don't think that is because you had quite a bit big moves you had december corn up 5.3 percent you had wheat which kansas city barely participated really but it was up higher but you had more or less the higher volume chicago up about two and a half percent if it was about the black sea you would have seen maybe even a flip-flop of that you wheat should have been a lot higher given that how cheap ukrainian russian wheat has been to the world market and so um there was some insurers that have pulled out of the region or just kind of on pause for the time being obviously due to the the higher risk of shipping containers going through that region but to me every time that we've had increased escalations in the black sea the market has been kind of mute to it it hasn't really participated like we have maybe thought it would or should um, but I do think that there is some really interesting developments in the Kansas City market. The acres report about about the acres that we had in this winter wheat belt. I think there are, I think these acres are not there, and I think that you're going to see a higher abandonment in the acres number, maybe a million or two million more in the winter wheat that could really pose some interesting opportunities here because Kansas City continues to hold that longer term trend line as well. Uh, spring wheat, we know that there's a lot of poor conditions in, in parts of North Dakota, Minnesota, uh, South Dakota. So there's definitely some things brewing here in the wheat market. So, it, But it was not driven by the Black Sea region here today. I mean, this was a corn trade. This was a weather market type of short squeeze type of play here in, in today's market. Let's switch gears over to the, the livestock side. A lot of things happening there. First of all, is there uncertainty going on with the feeder cattle and the hogs at this point? Well, I, I think there's that's a great question because when you get to these type of levels, there's always uncertainty. There's always uncertainty for the next new high, the new record high. And and as I've continued to reiterate, I, I think these fundamentals in cattle are extremely bullish still. I think the cash prices of, of, of feeder cattle being sold at the barn is still bullish. I think the fat prices that we're getting contracted at are still bullish. Every pullback in cattle so far has been bought. And, and to see the strength that we have seen in, in, in corn being up 30 cents today and feeder cattle only being down a buck 42 or a buck 30, to me, is impressive price action. At any given time or any given day, we could have seen feeder cattle down three or four or five dollars. Fats closing higher in a day is another indication that the fundamentals of cattle are still bullish. The numbers are not there. And it's the same thing that we've been talking about since last February, that the thing is still bullish here. And so we are getting you even look out to some of this deferred, like April 24 fats above buck 90 here. And we continue to think it could push towards a two handle. And so 
what breaks it. And, and I think what breaks that cattle market at the very moment is the, the U.S. consumer saying enough's enough. I'm not willing to pay that at the retail market. And we have not seen that yet, even though we've seen credit card uh, you know, balances skyrocket with the consumer. We've seen mortgage rates hit all time high or, you know, I should say all time highs, but, you know, over seven, eight percent now on 30 year fixes. It's not slowing people down yet. And so we haven't got to that breaking point. And I think it's probably something to do with the equity markets if they start to falter, which they have recovered nicely here today. Uh, but it's going to be consumer driven. And we're just not to that moment yet. And that's why I think these pullbacks and cattle uh, are still going to be bought. So before we wrap up, big report comes out on Friday on these cattle uh, twice a year. What are your thoughts? Well, I think the I think the big thing that you're going to see here is the numbers are not there, and regardless of what the USDA may say, um, the the physical number of head uh, just are, are are not there, and, and it's going to take a while for this to to continue to rebuild. Um, but the general theme here is the momentum's higher. It's hard fighting this trend as a hedger. Uh, specs are very long this market. So again, it, this is a fundamentally bullish market. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. They can reach me directly at 312-858-3668. And always find me on Twitter at DDF Alpha. All right. Thanks so much. Darren's been joining us today. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that isn't always suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.